Hello again everybody, this is uh, Jason Powers. Today we'll review a time in history when people in positions of authority cowered, while others and only, only, only with gumption and nerve took on the Nazis at the height of their power. America is great, just the people in D.C. and their Marxist minions did as they always do, lie, cheat, manipulate through media and edicts to get their ideology over you. Don't let them. Hello again, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Jason Powers. I'm in West Lafayette. And we're going to start with an article I uh, read yesterday, and I think it's uh, apropos of uh, what's going on. Never again, standing up to the oligarchy. Zivia Lubintin was adamant there would be no more talk. At 28, she was a leader of her youth group and a born fighter, a Jewish girl who less than three years earlier had smuggled herself back in, into Germany-occupied Warsaw from the Russian zone as Germany invaded Poland. She knew what was in store for her since the Nazis had been running concentration camps for German Jews since 1933, but she went anyway. Now it was July 1942, and the Nazis had just deported the first of 56,000 residents of the Warsaw Ghetto to the Treblinka death camp without resistance from the ghetto's residents. Against the wishes of the Jewish leadership in Warsaw, she, uh, who counseled obedience to the Nazi authority out of their concerns for reprisals, Zivia and several members of her underground youth group decided it was time to form an armed resistance movement. There, in their makeshift safe house at 34 Dezelis Street, with no money and only two stolen pistols, they started the first armed resistance group in the Warsaw Ghetto, the Jewish fighting organization, Zuadowska Organista Bourgeoisa, or ZOB, because it was better to be shot in the ghetto than die in Treblinka. I may have butchered that. Shortly thereafter, the, they launched their first partisan action. For a young, ad hoc, and untrained partisan fighting group, it was a fairly complex three-prong operation. They would conduct an information operation to disseminate posters declaring the truth that Treblinka was a death camp from which there would be no survivors, a sabotage operation to burn warehouses full of Nazi loot stolen from deported Jewish residents, and the assassination of a Jewish ghetto police chief. The operation was a success, although their assassination target did not die from his gunshot wounds. Zivia, believing that the uh, ZOB had accomplished a great victory for the doomed residents of the Warsaw ghetto, uh, ghetto, she was shocked when she learned that the ghetto's leaders were furious and that her posters were being torn down. The ZOB members were attacked and beaten by many ghetto residents. Zivia and the Z uh, 
ZOB group continued their heroic fight against the Nazis, while the leaders of the ghetto continued to advance the Nazi fiction that deportation from the ghetto was for resettlement elsewhere. The ghetto's leaders silently watched as uh, 265,000 of their people were deported to Treblinka, where, on arrival, they were gassed to death and incinerated. By April 1943, when only 60,000 residents remained in the ghetto, and the truth was that resettlement meant death could no longer be ignored, many of the remaining uh, residents decided to fight in what became the 1943 Warsaw Uprising. In the end, although uh, the ZOB's actions were heroic, it was a little too little, too late. Thousands died in the fighting, and the remaining 50,000 residents were deported to Treblinka and killed. Only 34 uh, ZOB members, including Zivia, made it out of the ghetto alive. An internal enemy. A frequently used tactics of tyrants is to create an internal enemy. The Nazis' final solution wasn't just about Hitler's hatred for the Jews. It was about the Nazi party creating an internal enemy to help focus and unite Germany and later all of Europe under Nazi rule. Within several weeks of Hitler's appointment as Chancellor, communists, gypsies, political opponents, and German citizens, uh, citizens of Jewish ethnicity were designated as internal enemies and marred for persecution and eventual extermination. The Dachau concentration camp opened a mere two weeks after Hitler assumed power. As the Nazi war machine rolled through Europe, exported its program of extermination of these designated ethnic and political groups under the guise of riding, uh, ridding Europe of alien, non-European groups who were said to be dangerous to society. The Nazi extermination machine was an efficient monster thanks in part to the help of the American corporations like IBM, Ford Motor Company, and Coca-Cola, all of which did business with the Nazi government. IBM was especially effective in working with Nazi officials to create an exceptionally accurate census database that was used to identify ethnically, ethnically Jewish German citizens for extermination. Ford produced turbines for the dreaded Nazi V2 rockets, and of course, Coca-Cola kept the German war machine and its fighting men of the Ischen Gruppen and the Wehrmacht supplied with their signature beverage. Never underestimate the power of money and what oligarchs will do to keep it flowing in their direction. This tactic of creating an internal enemy is is the political extension of G.W.F. Heigl's othering, which is a method of negating another, another person or a group's humanity. Behaviorally, it is an important intermediate step to dehumanize a targeted group before they do bad things to them, before doing bad things to them. For our tyrant supporters, dehumanizing their internal enemy makes persecuting that enemy more acceptable, especially when that persecution is being done in the name of restorative justice, the betterment of society, or for the benefit of the persecuted group's own well-being. In the United States, the current regime has begun othering its political op- opposition. The regime's national security apparatus recently warned that politically conservative and independent Americans are potentially domestic terrorists, extremists, and white supremacists, dangerous to our society. The Justice Department is persecuting political protesters and hundreds of people who are, essentially, political prisoners 
are now being held without bail, many in pre-trial solitary confinement for allegations of misdemeanor protest activity. In ironic fashion, a fascist-like coalescence of government and private corporations, as well as journalists, are publicly stamping out free speech. And in blue-run cities, modern brown shirts under the banners of Black Lives Matter and Antifa spent most of the last year freely burning local businesses and attacking and murdering wrong-thinking citizens. It is no accident that 2021 America is beginning to look and smell a lot like 1933 Germany. Positioning the Oligarchy The current culture war in America is driven by the ruling elite and funded by a China-sympathizing class of oligarchs under the guise of protecting marginalized group of Americans. In other words, a bunch of rich white kids, supported by U.S.-based multinational corporations and government bureaucrats, are doing the bidding of uber-wealthy robber barons who traditionally couldn't care less about racism or equity, all supposedly to stamp out racism in a country that's probably the least racist country in the world. It doesn't make sense, and that's because it's bullshit. The oligarchs are doing what they've always done, making sure the money keeps flowing their way. That means money is flowing into their pockets by tapping Chinese markets, cheap Chinese labor, and inexpensive Chinese industrial capacity. In fact, the same corporations that are donating millions of dollars to social justice groups like BLM and forcing their employees into critical race theory struggle sessions are also heavily involved in business with the world's most oppressive government, China. The, the same Apple Corporation allegedly concerned with race, racist treatment of brown people in America is totally, is totally okay with profiting from uh, Uyghur slave labor in Ch- Chinese concentration camps where forced sterilization, organ harvesting, and religious re-education are standard fare. The same corporations, Google and IBM, that claim to care so much about systematic police racism in America are providing mass surveillance and censorship technology to oppressive Chinese government that uses it to identify and disappear political dissidents. Once again, American companies are doing business and making money with an oppressive foreign government running concentration camps in order to stamp out a race and culture they deem alien and danger to their society. So, yes, it smells like 1933 Germany again. The, tr- the truth is the oligarchs are worried. They worry they can't get enough Chinese money to keep the power elite party going. Robert Michael's Iron Law of Oligarchy defines oligarchy as a power structure in which power rests with a small elite number of people into, a, uh, into which all complex political organizations ineb- inevitably devolve. The problem with, for the oligarchs, the U.S. Constitution, and the concept of the United States as a sovereign nation under the rule of law, not men. The oligarchs know they need to re- remove these hurdles to get the most from the global business interest. In order to do this, they must dismantle the culture in America that makes Americans overly fond and protective of the Constitution, the rights of the individual liberty, and sovereign nation with divine borders and equal justice under the law. Enter the oligarch's deconstructor, anti-racism, equity, and critical race theory. The fruits of division. Every tyranny has its useful idiots. Lenin had his Bolsheviks, Mao had his Red Guards, and Hitler had eh, Hitler his brown shirts. The tyranny that is American oligarchy has its own power-hungry government apparatchiks. 
Antifa, BLM, and assorted identity politics hustlers. Historically, most of the useful idiots end up like Hitler's brown shirts, dead, imprisoned, or broken. There is money to be made in in being a useful idiot, however, if you know how to play. The anti-racism, critical race theory, and equity business is an example of how profitable, useful idiot work can be. Take just a few examples. Ibram X. Zindi, uh, Kendi, uh, Patrice Cullors, Todd Nahishi Coates, and Robin D'Angelo. They are riding the racism train to the very top of the industry, raking in personal millions in the process and split, splitting off fra- uh, franchise racism, consulting businesses into both private and government sectors. But what are they really doing? They're, how are they making anyone but their own lives better? After all, demonizing one class of humans over another is what tyrants throughout history have done. In actuality, the anti-racism, critical race theory, and equity industry looks like Heigl's othering. Are they getting paid to race hustle, or are they working to help create an internal enemy to help consolidate the oligarch's power? The truth is, nobody in the entire chain of diversity inclusion equity rebellion that is consuming uh, consuming America right now is any better off for it, that is, except for the rich and the powerful at the top. Throughout human history, the rich and powerful have stayed rich and powerful by exploiting the weak and the powerless and, the powerless and making sure no one was in position to challenge their status and authority. In Power, Privilege, and Difference, Alan G. Johnson points out, subordinate groups are are often pitted against one another in ways that draw attention away from the system of privilege that hurts them all. This has this has certainly been the strategy of the tyrant, to pit one man against the other so no, no one notices they are both slaves to the same master. As long as the common man is divided, the elite will feel safe. Resist. The corrupt government apparatchiks who serve the oligarchy can handle these little fires of a few awakening citizens, but they know if those fires merge or get out of control, then they are done. They know that in the end they are equally vulnerable as the common man is to the bullet of retribution. The one thing the oligarch fears more than anything is a people united, a people who can see through the facade of racial division, and a people who are no longer willing to suffer uh, uh, suffer as subjects of a uh, ruling elite. In warfare, if your enemy fears something, it is best to give them as much of that thing as you can muster. Hope is a powerful thing. It can carry you through the toughest times, but it can also kill you. The Jewish leaders in Warsaw Ghetto hoped that the Nazis were being truthful about deportation and resettlement. They saw themselves as good people who had held important positions in Polish society. They hadn't done anything wrong. So why would anyone want to do evil to them? Even, even as word came back from Treblinka was a death was a death camp. They held on to their hope for too long. It took a 28-year-old young woman with a couple of stolen pistols and an incredible courage to eventually break them out of that false hope. In America right now, we have a choice. We can keep allowing ourselves to be played and divided by oligarchs and their enforcers and self-load into the cattle cars when our time comes. Or we can stand up together, like Zivia Lubinkin, before it's too late, and say enough. There is, there is a time to stop being obedient. There is a time to stop relying on hope. There is a time to become defiant. For all Americans, that time is now. 
United we, we may still stand, but if we remain divided, we will most assuredly fall. Written by Max Morton, who's a retired U.S. Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel, former CIA paramilitary operations officer, and a veteran of multiple armed conflicts, revolutions, and contingency operations. Let me spit that out. So, uh, that was quite a mouthful, a lot longer than I I thought it was (laughs) to read. Um, I think we all can understand where we're at in this, that uh, um, what he said is true. So it also turns out uh, just recently our our friends over at uh, Congress have passed a bill on uh, January 6th, the commission, to try to quote-unquote get to the bottom of January 6th. Now I know there's people that uh, feel, or I think even uh, Bannon, Stephen King Bannon, feels that it would be alright for them to do the commission. Excuse me for a second here. That uh, it's okay for us to uh, <clears throat> let them entertain themselves when trying to get to the bottom and uh, use all their intel, in, in, intel operations to come up with the, the story and the narrative. But they already have their narrative. They really their investigation isn't going to to come out with any truths. I mean. They're gonna. It's gonna go ahead anyway, because I think the Senate will more more than likely uh, um, uh, give it a go ahead here. So let them have their commission. Let them waste a lot of time and effort, because the more time they waste on this, the less time they have on trying to promote uh, like HR Bill three fifty, which you, which if you don't know what HR Bill three fifty is, it's the it's the terrorism bill. It's the basically the Nazi bill. To uh, strike out against uh, people that they've labeled white supremacist in this country, um, it's once again uh, a terrible thing to have uh, people that say that they're actually interested in uh, getting to the bottom of things, but reality is they're just looking to, to use that as a way to round up people, and they're going to do do uh, stuff uh, stuff like that, but. Uh, I put in the link in the description to this. Uh, it was written up by American Greatness again. I, I don't. I that's the, why the episode is named the way it is. Uh, their uh, comparisons in this uh, article are just appalling. One of the one of the classic examples is uh, what's her face, um, Sheila Jackson Lee. I'm gonna have to look at it real quick. She's always got a lot to say uh, about everything. And she's inherently deluded, but you know that doesn't surprise. It shouldn't surprise anybody. They like to, um, yeah. She wrote, "This is truth time." Shouted Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas. Can we stand for the truth? Uh, you can't. The day before, uh, Liz Cheney was uh, outed as the the mastermind behind uh, a letter that was written by uh, ten defense secretaries that are still alive. Sheila Jackson was. Uh, um, supporting Liz Cheney and her uh, her uh, certain bid and all that kind of stuff. So these people are all in it together. They're always reprehensible human beings. That shouldn't surprise anybody to know about. Um, so if I move on to something else here real quick. Um, so it turns out that a judge has sided with uh, the Biden administration regarding uh, same, uh, same sexes in a school. Uh, The Blaze wrote an article called The Judge Sides with Biden Rules That Christian College Must Open Women's Bedrooms and Showers to Biological Males. The easiest 
summary of this. I, I'm not going to summarize this because they're they're using the they're using the scenario that this isn't a ripe um, this isn't a ripe uh, uh, conflict yet because no one's at college yet, so there hasn't been a there's uh, the college is requesting or putting a restraining order in. But the best way the college of the Ozarks and many colleges around the country can fight these federal mandates is just don't take federal monies, which means that they're going to have to they're going to have to cut themselves off from the federal government. Uh, they're going to have to run an independent college and and um, asset, reassess what they who they have working there, and they're going to have to uh, tell the students that uh, if you come here for an education, you, you're going to have to do all your um, you're going to have to pay for it on your own. They're going to have to do. There's going to have to be a substantial amount of people in this country. They're going to have to learn that you cannot suck off Washington D.C. for money and expect that you're going to have control of your institutions. In order for you to have control of your institutions, you have to divorce yourself from federal monies. The only way you can be not beholden to federal jurisdiction is to not have federal monies in your jurisdiction. Which means that you're going to have to self-finance things. You're going to have to work together as a team. People are going to have to work in local um, work to make their local environment better, and that people are going to have to come together and make, uh, come up with ways to make do and make things better than what they are. They're going to have to get involved at that level, and they're going to have to automatically cut the strings from Washington D.C. And they're going to have to do get by. They're going to have to do the same with less, much less. See, as soon as they give you money, that they have control over you, because then your 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 you have to go by their federal mandates. Doesn't mean that you can't have good. Uh, you you want to follow the Constitution. That's what you should do, but you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to divorce yourself from these people. See, they use money to 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 hold everybody beholden to them, and they do that with the politicians too. This has all been been driven by money. All this situation and scenario has been driven by money. I mean, it, it, you you in the letter I just read, uh, or the uh, opinion piece and in, in, uh, historical significance, you see what companies and corporations were involved with the Nazis. A uh, little fun factoid: uh, the Ford Motor Corporation, uh, Henry Ford, was uh, actually asked to run the military. Um, uh, I guess you could say um, military armament uh, organization at the beginning of World War uh, World War Two by Roosevelt. He declined, and they hired um, William uh, Nunson from the General Motors. He was the actually chief of uh, I guess you could say military operations in terms of in terms of uh, getting preparations and and getting uh, industry up to snuff. Um, so Ford at that time, I mean, granted Ford wasn't the same company it had been just a decade prior to that, but uh, most of us know the history from like 1910 to 1928. Ford was produced more Model Ts than any other car in in, in history uh, until later on. Uh, uh, matter of fact, Germany uh, was it the Volkswagen uh, passed them or the Beetle uh, back in the 70s and 80s. Anyway. Uh, the point is, is uh, you, you're, um, you know, you had these corporations. The corporations have always uh, in, embedded themselves deeply close by uh, governmental entities to get their tax breaks, to get their location, and they've had a significant influence on, on whether or not you know uh, countries or or entities achieve uh, uh, a certain amount of power. 
the difference is, I mean, granted, Ford Ford was working with the the you know we know we know he also wrote a book called The International Jew, I think in nineteen thirty three, I think it was. So I mean, and I'm and I'm not trying to retread down that road with uh, on him in particular, but there's been a there's been always been an under undercurrent of problems with certain corporations who are aligned against uh, American interest, American philosophies, uh, because they think they're more important. They become more important. The people that are in charge of these corporations think they should run the world. A lot of them think they should be able to run the United States. I mean, maybe some of the antagonism towards uh, um, uh, uh, Trump was the fact that uh, many of these uh, CEOs say, well, I should be able to run. I mean, was that a-hole running the country? I should be running the country. You know, the people that run Google, the people that run Facebook. I mean, these people are seriously uh, self-deluded in many cases that they, they think that, they're, that they should be the all-powerful, end-all, be-all of all things that are out there. They don't, they don't particularly care for anybody telling them what to do. I think that's just kind of a, bull, a billionaire thing, but uh, it certainly, uh, over a course of time, has, has turned into something worse. I think uh, most of us... You know, have to um, accept those. Um, we set, we accept our limitations. Many of these people don't have a limitation that they won't break, and they don't care much about the country, and we know that. Um, next article, I, I just stumbled. Uh, it's from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, it's about uh, vaccination <laughs> and getting laid. So the Biden administration partners with dating apps for COVID vaccination badges on profiles and exclusive features. Uh, it was written by Christine Taylor. <laughs> you know, you know, you're being hustled when you when you're when you're having to tie vaccination status to uh, to your dating life. Uh, just just getting hustled left and right by these a holes at the top. I mean, they're just they're just sick people. It's kind of interesting. It's like, oh, get your vaccination, but you know, you might also get AIDS or gonorrhea or the clap or um, something else. I don't know. All kinds of venereal diseases. It's like, you know, so yeah, they're 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 hooking up with Bumble and Baidu, uh, OK Cupid, OK Cupid, um, Chispa. I've never heard of that. Uh, Hinge, uh, Match, Plenty of Fish. These are just. These are a few of their uh, uh, places they're going through. Yeah, and Tinder's Tinder's members will add uh, able to add stickers to their profile, including "Getting Vaxxed" or "Vaccines Save Lives." Those who get vaccinated will get a super like to raise their chances of being uh, being seen as a desired match. Yeah, I call it I mean, self. Uh, you call it uh, Darwinism at work there, uh, as far as that's concerned. People Magazine talked about this shit. <laughs> These people are fucking crazy. <laughs> Sorry you're cussing, but if, for those who may be listening, but uh, I don't care. I'm just uh, doing what I gotta do. It's interesting to see this kind of uh, inanity going on in this world, but uh, we, we're living in it. Um, see where we're gonna go. I didn't do a lot of preparation before the show. I normally would do a little bit better job. There's lots to talk about. There always is. Um, as far as uh, we know that there's people that are trying to stand up around the country. I'm hoping that they can continue to do that. 
I had to kind of uh, make make uh, make uh, a similar case towards a person who was complaining about LinkedIn. And I was like, well, you know, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft, so if you were expecting them to uh, uh, understand where you're coming from, uh, they don't, and they don't care about you. Uh, what they care about is making all of us uh, their uh, the slaves. I mean, that's where we're at at this point in this world, that uh, there's many people that are... In, uh, uh, at least uh, at the top end of this uh, scenario that are they're just running this country into the ground I mean we've all seen the de Blasio video where he's sitting there eating fries he's basically saying yeah I'm untouchable and I think from this point forward I think most people are going to have to really make some difficult choices in terms of uh, understanding that they're they are going to have to tighten their belts they're going to have to get down to the nitty gritty they're going to have to stop thinking just about, oh, I just got to show up for work and do this and that. You're going to have to get involved in your your communities. You're going to have to spend two or three hours per day and more. I mean, I don't even want to put a time stamp on that. If you have the ability to spend your uh, conservatives out there, if you're nearly retired or if you're in a, in a decent enough position or if you can take the money that you're stockpiling, this is a time where you need to make sure you're you're self-supportive or you have stocked up for a, a period of months and you just and just go out and uh, help severely help in activism i mean you can't just sit idly by and wait and do nothing i know a lot of conservatives are older people and they should be in a better financial position and even if you aren't this is your country this is maybe the last time you're going to get an opportunity to save this country because um, we're at that point. Uh, if you want this country to remain get great, if you want to take it back from these corporations and these thugs that are running politics, that are running D.C. and running all these cities and the institutions that go in, therein, you're going to have to get out and be just like the Antifa and the BLM, except you're going to have to do it in a peaceful way. And then you're going to... Uh, through sheer will and, and uh, 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 standing up for what's right, uh, you can you may be able to turn the tide, and then you have to cause that you're going to have to cause these globalists, these evil people at the top, to respond. And this is a chess game. This is a long chess game, and they're already three or four moves ahead of us. So the only way you're going, and when I say moves ahead of us, they have the they have the we know they have DC. We know they're trying to divide the military, and we're hopeful that the military will um, stand strong. Many of them will, or many of them will figure out that they, they took an oath to the Constitution and they didn't take an oath to a bunch of uh, bureaucrats or a bunch of people that sit on the National Security Council or a bunch of generals sitting in a, sitting in a room listening to a Dementia Joe talk shit. Um, no, they took an oath to the Constitution, so they damn well better understand that they took a took a oath to defend or defend this country from enemies foreign and domestic, especially the domestic side, because the foreign side's coming. Don't get don't get it twisted. Uh, we're 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 getting we're getting both uh, both helpings of this, and our, one of our biggest domestic issues is our corporations that are trying to use blackmail and use uh, coercion to get people to either take vaccines or otherizing them and uh, social credit systems and whatnot. And they're eventually trying to get that installed. Um, if you're at work or you know people that are at work 
and you know that they're just being sheep, um, at least try to educate them towards resources that might uh, open their eyes a bit. If they don't want to, if they if they don't want to take it in, uh, there's no way you can. You, you, there's only so much you can do, but you should be very intent on trying to awaken them to to the problems that are at hand because this is a Cat Five hurricane. They just haven't seen it yet, and maybe they there's or even if they are awake to it, they don't want to. They don't want to admit that there may be a problem. You may find out that your friends and enemies are are different than what you used to think they are. Um, this is just a suggestion on my part, but uh, there's many people that just would prefer to uh, to bury their head in the sand. Um, in many cases, it's just it really is a surely a matter of that. There's only a a percentage of people that ever stand up, like three to five percent. It's usually about three percent of the people. You can call them at the top end of the spectrum or, or what have you. Um, I see it as their duty because they're patriotic or they say it is, you know, hell no, I resist. They have a, maybe they have a, a, a personality that's a, they're very unagreeable to things. They don't just take things at, at face value. They're always questioning stuff. And there are people that are highly complicit and very agreeable. And these are certain personality types and whatnot. So you're going to have to pick and choose who you can get on board because there may be some people, the only thing they need to be, maybe they're just, you know, they're in the media bubble that they are and you have to steer them towards something else and say, don't you see what's going on or whatever. And for many conservatives, yeah, we're very awake to this. We're very uh, libertarians and, and some independents are already seeing this and know this is coming and there are liberals and there are liberals that are just absolutely on board with this they they don't see any anything that's going to affect them because they live in the cities and they're thinking oh well you know as long as i you know if you just go along you can get along well those sheeple are going to get sheared eventually they just don't realize it at least they think they or they they may realize it but they just don't want to admit that you know they just don't have any guts which is i mean it is what it is. There's, you know, you realize. I mean, if you start looking at it, how many people really sign up to go join the military? Very few. I mean, I mean, I did, but you know, that's no big deal. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't wow anybody, and I wasn't, you know, anybody special while I was in. Just the point is, is there are a lot of people that won't even do it. Uh, they, 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 they're anti-amer. They, some people have thought it was all just warmongering. They don't realize that most of the people that go in the military don't don't do a whole lot of fighting. The logistics, or they work in uh, subordinate roles or uh, support roles. They're not doing the killing. There's only there's really only about ten to twenty. Per, there's about ten to twenty percent that actually do direct harm to other people um, and battles and whatnot. And those people didn't select those battles for us. Those were selected by presidents. By secretaries of state, secretaries of defense, um, the the uh, chief of staff of the military, and all the all the big wigs at the top—they're the ones that selected wars for us. We didn't select them. If you're just because you served in the military, they said, "Well, you're you served at the behest of." I mean, I served at the behest of them, and I didn't go into any battle. We weren't in any conflicts when I was in. Um, it was in between the the bushes. So, I mean, granted, Clinton was in Kosovo and uh, Serbia, and I, I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about that because I didn't. But uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, that was 
that was done done on the down low and and whatnot so we're always involved in some kind of conflict and some people you know uh, we don't we never were even told the truth because we know the media lies to us they always they've always sold these uh, wars to us because the media as everybody knows is is connected to the cia connected to uh other interests people that pu- they pump out the propaganda to get the get the people ginned up and you know uh, there are conservatives that 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 got sold uh, hook, line, sinker on uh, Mr. Bush, and then there were others that that knew him otherwise. I didn't support Bush. Then again, I supported Obama. So that in 2008, they have to admit guilty as charged. But then again, I had the choice between him and uh, John McCain, so it wasn't really like I had a hell of a lot of choices there. I thought maybe it was time for a change, but it, then again. Uh, the asshole that supposedly was supposed to bring all this change in brought all this brought all the terror uh, brought even worse problems in. But uh, McCain would have probably just taken us straight back into a, a deeper war. So you know, you pick. Your, we've always had this. We've always had this uh, duality that uh, the Democrats and Republicans are somehow going to to one of them is going to change. But they're the uniparty. They do the same thing. There's just different pots of corruption that they're dealing with. And, of course, they, they, the deep state or the administrative state just puts those choices in front of us because those are the only two choices that they will uh, allow to go ahead. I don't know how Trump slipped past the, the goalpost. Uh, I, you know, uh, as his campaign went on, I think, you know, they were thinking, oh, well, we can hijack him. And they tried to hijack him in October of uh, 2016 and with the 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 grab them by the pussy uh, argument and they feel, figured that would be enough. I mean, Hillary Clinton didn't even travel or campaign the last two or three weeks. I think she had it in the bag, or at least she thought she had it in the bag. She went by all of her pollsters, and they figured they had all the negative media coverage, and they figured that would be that. They figured enough women wouldn't wouldn't vote uh, for Trump to make a difference. They got used and they got wrong, you know. And, and then, of course, they had to find something to blame, and so that's what they did. They created a scenario from then. But um, I'm going to leave it there for today. I think I've talked enough. Um, I uh, appreciate trying to go through these articles, and um, sometimes for me, it's 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 good to you know just hear myself talk about this stuff because the more and more I approach it, the better I get at uh, understanding uh, where we're going to go from here. Um, I think everybody can make a difference in a local arena. You know, the school boards, your your town commission, your town council. Talk to your officers. And maybe there's a few policemen that you can save. Maybe you can see how where they are because those are the people. Those are your front, front line of defense. Uh, there was a, a incident that the Blaze covered down in Florida where an officer had trouble arresting uh, an individual, and uh, citizens helped him out. Stepped in, tried to. Try to assist the officer to uh, get the arrest done, and it was achieved. So there are times when the officers are going to ha- uh, maybe maybe there is a hope we can salvage the salvage the police force and let them know that we do uh, we do stand behind some of them. I'm not going to say all of them because some of them are they are dirty and despicable, and we have to. We have to acknowledge that it exists, just like we have to acknowledge that politicians and judges and lawyers have the same ratio of assholes per capita as the as the officers do. 
So, you know, stand behind guys that are doing the things right and willing to talk to you and um, get to know them. Uh, the more control you have over your local uh, area, the, the better off you'll be. Don't take fun at federal funds. Strive to be independent. Uh, work on your grid. Work on your electri- electricity, water, all the basic necessities. Work on your local education and derive uh, happiness from, uh, from the uh, incense of liberty and freedom. God bless America. God bless the United States of America and the world. Have a wonderful afternoon.